Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Full honesty, I remember when my daughter was born, I didn't have this overwhelming love wash over me. I I was just like, uh, all right, I'm your dad. (laughs) And and I had it with my second because I knew everything that was coming. Hey guys, welcome to Attentive Fatherhood on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer, and this is the podcast for all us dads out there just trying our best. Hey fathers, welcome to the show. Hey, today we have the dumb dads attempting fatherhood. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this conversation. These dudes are hilarious. I know you've seen some of their videos before. They've been on ESPN Today Show, etc. But first... I've been letting you guys into my life a little bit more and more as season two has been going on. Uh, And I just wanted to encourage you dads to find a way to make time for you and your partner. What I mean by that is, look, I don't know your story. I don't know your current situation, you know, with family, money, all that. But last week, Kirsten's sister and her husband came in for Saturday afternoon, Saturday night, and for Sunday breakfast. That was it. It was like roughly 24 hours. They live in Atlanta. We're south of the city, so it was easy. They came down. They stayed with Loic and with Ellis, and we got away. We had a couple meals out, and it was insanely refreshing and good for us as a couple. And it's funny because I was telling one of my friends, you know, I remember being single and thinking like, you know, I'll always date my wife, right? Like that's the kind of the verbiage of like always love your wife and this kind of thing. And I thought, you know, we're going to do cool trips like hot air balloon rides and a Ferrari through the Swiss Alps. And now... If you are where we are in our life with kids and school and all this kind of stuff, the bar is insanely low (laughs) for what can be a refreshing time. Like if we get an hour at a coffee shop together, it's like we're good for a month. So anyway, it's not easy. It does take some logistics. My wife really handled a lot of the logistics on this part. Um, And but we found an awesome place, got away. So anyway, I just want to encourage you. That was really helpful for my marriage and my dad life. And um, so there you go. You'll be surprised how far it'll go. Also, please keep sharing the show. Our numbers are growing, which is awesome. We're growing on Instagram at Attempting Fatherhood. Uh, we're, we're growing all over the place, and this is very exciting. But the hope is let's blow this show up. Let's get it out. Let's get numbers. Let's get bigger guests. Let's get uh, more influence, the ability to share with more dads and love on more dads. And you are the only way that's going to happen. I'm only one person. I'm running the whole show. I'm, I'm, ri- I'm driving the whole ship. Do you drive a ship? I think you steer a ship clearly not a nautical person. (laughs) All right. So this week's episode features the dumb dads. Uh, They have a podcast, of course. They've got TikTok videos, reels on Instagram, all this kind of stuff. Probably their most famous sketch, you you may not even recognize them, but their most famous sketch was kind of set up like a press conference and there's a dad, uh, that's Evan, and he's he's sitting at the table and he's got microphones in front of him. Actually, uh, Kevin is, is off uh, screen answering questions or, or, or asking questions rather kind of looks like a post game wrap up you know like one of the questions is like oh you gave them a, a snack before dinner 30 minutes before dinner was that planned and Evan responds in this great like no I got I lost track of time that one's on me it was so good it was shared on ESPN social accounts and I was like I know them so then I went I, I DM them and was like guys this is crazy I just said they're like it's been nuts the past like 24 hours 
And that was maybe a month or two ago. So now they're even bigger. Awesome, awesome dudes. So it was really cool because I actually got to do this in person with them in LA. I was there to host some stuff, some videos for Honda about the new Civic. And I was like, guys, I'm going to be in town for like a day and a half. What are you doing that night after the shoot? And they said, let's make it happen. So uh, we set up in their garage. This is the first time I've interviewed anyone in person for Attempting Fatherhood. So this is really cool. Uh, we talked a little bit about why they started Dumb Dads as this you know brand, channel, podcast, uh, merchandise store, whatever, and talked about the things that we did with our dads that for some reason we don't do anymore, like going to the dump. Did you, was that a part of your childhood? Every other Saturday morning or so, I remember going to the dump with my dad, taking things, and now... We just don't. I asked them, they're like, we don't even know where the dump is here in LA. Also, of course, we got into, you know, what did they learn from their dads and and what are they going to leave behind, which I thought was some really interesting commentary from both of them. Also, Evan brought up this idea that you're not supposed to put ketchup on a hot dog. Have you guys heard this? I'd never heard this, but they were both on the same page. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. People people talk about this. Like, what? I never heard it. I asked Kirsten. She's like, yeah, I've heard that before. I'm like, where have I been? I'm I'm the foodie. I'm the chef. I'm the one who's worked in restaurants for years and and cooks at home and and all this. I make hot dogs all the time with ketchup. So that was an interesting discussion. And I felt a little lame about the fact that I'm so out of touch with what the cool kids say. All right, a couple dad stats real quick for you. So Kevin has been married for nine years. He has two kids. He's a five-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl. Evan, I was actually surprised by this, has been married for 16 years He has two kids, a six-year-old boy and a three-year-old girl. Also, just remember this, it should be noted that my voice was absolute crap. It was totally shot after a long day on set. I had traveled just, you know, like hours before and got in and got up early. My timing was all off. Anyway, my voice is horrible. Sounds off. Sounds like I've been screaming for my life for two hours. And then I thought, yeah, why don't I go do an interview? So please forgive that. But that doesn't matter. You're not here for me. It's not about me. This week, Attempting Fatherhood, Evan and Kevin, the Dumb Dads. All right. Well, guys, thank you for coming on my show in your garage. (laughs) This is not normally how it goes. Normally, it's on a screen, and normally I'm not near the people I'm interviewing. And I was in L.A., so I thought this was a great chance to talk to you guys. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I feel special. You flew all the way here. Yes, what I meant to say was I flew here for this. Uh And while I was in town, Honda was like, let's do a thing. And I was like, yeah, sure. (laughs) Sure. Well, that's going As long as you're going to be here. That's our terms. We don't Zoom anymore. You have to come here. Yeah. If you want (laughs) us on your podcast. (laughs) And that's why I'm here. Yeah. That's why I'm here. You guys are a big get. This is great. Uh, Okay. You don't have to lie to us. Evan and Kevin. Sir. Um, The Dumb Dad podcast. Mm -hmm. I was on y'all's podcast. And thank you for doing the pod swap and having me. Uh, host for you guys to come on. What is the one thing that you want people to know about Dumb Dad Podcast? I think it just, um, when we first started, we, uh, I had two kids, he had one, and Kevin had one kid, and was about to have his second kid. And our wives, like most wives do, listen to podcasts, listen to parenting podcasts. Mm. And they were like, you know what we've noticed? There's like no dad podcasts out there. And if they are, they barely post or they haven't posted in a year, you know, this kind of thing. And they were like, why don't you guys, it'd be cool if you guys sat down together and just talked about what it's like to be dads. It might be fun to just create a podcast because it's pretty easy to do that. Um, And so we started right when he had his second kid. What was your initial response? Like, no way, that's ridiculous. Or like, that's a great idea. I think it was somewhere in the middle. I think we were like, um, okay. 
But yeah, the podcast in general, uh, the whole idea of it was just to embrace like parenting from a dad's perspective and honest conversation about the mistakes that we make and not like that guys make that parents make and kind of embracing that and being like, yeah, cause the thing I always say is, you know, nobody knows how to parent perfectly. And that's why they keep coming out with another book every month. Yeah. This is how you should parent now. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, mm-hmm. this is somewhere in between. You got to figure it out. What works for your kid doesn't work for that kid. And what works for your, this kid that's also yours doesn't work for this kid. That's also that's yours. So you got to like figure it out. We're just kind of embracing like the figuring it out is messy. <laughs> it's messy and also we had the the ideas like it was it was almost like an inside joke like the the dad that we're all used to in commercials and television shows when we grew up is just like this fumbling idiot who can barely be bothered to parent let alone do anything correctly and that didn't really feel like what we were experiencing as yeah. stay-at-home dads it just felt like that's why we, we made fun of it all the time like yeah. that that's not what we're doing here but we but we do screw a lot of stuff up you know yeah. as as what we've come to find just parents in general do because when you're a first time parent, you're just, it's your first experience of it. And so you're taking it at, you're taking it as it comes all the time. Yeah. (laughs) It's not an advice podcast or an advice, uh, you know, TikTok channel. It's like we're making jokes based on our experiences and, uh, which comes to find out it's pretty universal. Well, that's one of the things I was curious about too, is how you guys define fatherhood. So Evan, curious what your thought. I, yeah, I appreciate this question when you, when you, when you sent it to us, it was like, how do I define fatherhood? This is a great question because it's hard to answer in like a simple one sentence thing to me. It's, it's, to me, it's like impart my experiences on my children or to my children, but also acknowledging that that's not the experience, right? And so I didn't grow up in Los Angeles. I didn't. I, I didn't grow up in the internet of things. You know, we are the generation where when I was in high school, like when I started high school, there was no internet and then there was the internet and it, there was no cell phones and then there was cell phones. Right, right, and right. And now my children won't grow up without being able to video chat somebody across the world whenever they want to. So it's just, to me, it's in, in giving as much of my wisdom as, as a person as I can but knowing that that's going to only be a, a piece of their life. Um, and so trying to just lead by example and, and, and go from there because the rest is kind of like, I haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> I think that's good. I like that. I like that perspective. Kevin, what about you? Um, well, that was a horrible answer. Yeah. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, page seven. Okay. So in my book, uh, <laughs> I define father. I don't have a book. I find fatherhood to be, it, first of all, it's ever evolving. Uh, I am a big fan of making the joke earlier about like, I don't give advice. Uh, I love following people on pl- platforms like TikTok, like their actual parent, their you know, child psychologists and therapists and stuff like that to get their advice. So I'm constantly learning, but fatherhood to me is very much a, a and I know this isn't for everybody, but it's very much a team effort. And it's very much a lot of it is checking in and with my wife, who's my teammate, and using my strengths to parent and using her strengths to parent and keeping track of what that who's better at doing this, who's better at doing that, being real and honest with each other. And then having the conversations at the end of the day, like, hey, this didn't really work out with, yeah, the download. with, with her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, this, we probably should, you know, probably shouldn't do this anymore. Probably shouldn't say this. Or we, maybe we should do this more. This seemed to work today. And 
I find fatherhood to be definitely like a team sport with my wife and just making sure we're checking in with each other. Is that is that something that you thought before heading into fatherhood? You're like, it'll probably be like this. Or or is this like vastly different than what you've envisioned for fatherhood? <laughs> it's definitely vastly different. I don't know. I honestly don't know exactly what I expected when before I became a father. Um, I didn't know if like a light switch was going to go on kind of thing. And I do remember being like my, my daughter was born. I'm a dad now and being like, Oh, I don't, nothing changed. Like I didn't get hit by lightning and all of a sudden have an answer to stuff. I don't have a, I'm still the same person I was, which has given me a great perspective of my own parents. I definitely didn't see them as much more than parents until I became one. And I was like, Oh no, they're still people. And they still have like, their all, own likes, their and, dislikes own likes and, and dislikes and yeah. things they want to do. And like, definitely different. Yeah. Yeah. What about sure. you, Evan? As I was far say, as like where you are now. I, I really like, agree with that. What he said there, like how many times I like bird's eye view, think of what it must've been like to not necessarily parent me, but I have a brother, younger brother and sister and just realizing like, wow. Okay. So you become a parent and then you're still a person living your life, but now you're also a parent. And so you have to bring these children along with you and impart your wisdom and experiences to them. Uh, And so, yeah, I mean, just how many experiences going through life and it's like, it's not, it's like sort of like two different lives, but it's not, you know, because you're, you're not a parent and then you are. It's like when, kind of like what you just said, Kevin, like, you know, when you, t- you have a birthday and someone's, do you feel older? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, no, same thing. But something it's like, happened, but something officially happened, something Some, changed. officially something changed. But yeah, I didn't feel like, wow, I feel so much like a father all of a sudden. Yeah. It, it's more like, wow, this is, I feel like a lot of responsibility all <laughs> yeah. of a sudden. That was really what it felt like. Was there, was there kind of that, like whoa, I'm in charge of this thing? Uh, I didn't feel like fear, but it definitely felt the responsibility aspect of it. But I mean, you know, when you're first a father, it's like, it's, it's, it's not talking to children right away and having conversations right away. It's like, it's more like a plant. Yeah. It's like feed, <laughs> you know, sunlight, water, sleep. You know, it was just like, and repeat over and over and over. And then, I don't know how long it takes. I don't even remember. A few weeks, maybe, at least, before they, like, look at you. Like, actually look at you. Start to sprout. And maybe, yeah, (laughs) a seedling. uh, And maybe give you a smile or something. And that almost was the moment, like, whoa. This, now, this is, like, really a thing. That's probably when I most felt like a father, is when it was, like, a little bit of an interaction. Way more after the fact that the, the child was born. Did you feel guilty during that period? I felt guilty. I felt a little bit of shame because everybody was like, Bradley, you're going to be an awesome dad. You're going to love being a dad. It's going to be great. It's going to be teaching wisdom and like, Mm -hmm. be kind and all these things. And then, you know, and then my wife has a pregnancy and it's nine months and, you know, she's not loving being pregnant and I'm not, frankly, not loving taking care of her. That's not my strong suit. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I love her and I will take care of her because of it, but that's just not something I'm good at. And, uh, and then boom, has a baby. And then all of a sudden it was like, what now? I mean, it was like keeping this thing awake and put asleep. I even told her at one point, I was like, I'm not saying we made a mistake. This is like about three weeks in. I was like, but what did we do? What is this? Yeah. There's no dadding here. There's no fathering here. Yeah. And, and I'm not good at that, uh, like nurse 
element of life, the caretaker. I'm just not built like that. It's like a, it's like a, um, when your boss tricks you into thinking you have a bunch more responsibility now, but your pay doesn't change. Yeah. You know, if anything, it's just a schedule change. And you, and you didn't approve. No one told you what those responsibilities (laughs) were going to be. And if they did, I wasn't listening. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't read it. I just read the subject of the email and figured, Oh, great. Yeah. I'll apply. (laughs) I think I'm getting a raise. Yeah. I definitely, um, Full honesty, I remember when my daughter was born, I didn't have this overwhelming love wash over me. Yeah, I didn't either. I was just like, uh, all right, I'm your dad. Yeah, <laughs> and like, I guess. And I had it with my second. Oh. Because I knew everything that was coming. Oh. Yeah, my, daughter was, my daughter was three, just about to turn three. So I had had like three years of being like, that's... This is what that turns into? Yeah. I'm on board. Uh, Um, Not that I didn't know that, but I got to experience all of those moments firsthand with my own child. And it was definitely something. Yeah. At first, I was just kind of like, okay, yeah. Now I'm your dad. Yeah, it's going to be cool, I guess. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I had to work up to it kind of thing. And and she had to earn it is my point. (laughs) (laughs) Unconditional love once you earn it. Yeah. You have to earn it first. (laughs) You got to earn it. And then you got it. You're in. It's like tenure. Achievement unlocked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right, dads, hold up for just a second. Got some real talk here. Listen, if you're anything like me, maybe your shower routine used to involve some type of shampoo slash conditioner slash soap slash car wash five in one cleaner that you got from the 99 cent store. But fathers... It's time to up your game. I mean, listen, you're in charge of little people's lives for Pete's sake. Come on. And thankfully, the team at Bird, that's B-Y-R-D, is here to help. They've won awards from GQ and Men's Health. I've personally been using their products like their Seafoam Face Wash, their Activated Charcoal Soap on a Rope, and their Clay Pomade for more than a year and truly, truly love these. They smell great. They work really well. And I love the fact that they're made out of clean ingredients. Stuff that you may not expect to have in your body wash, like algae, sea kelp, and vitamin B5. And recently, I sent a care package of some of these products to the dads who were on the first season. And one of those dads, Matt Godfrey's daughter, said, The soap smells like, quote, freedom. (laughs) Now, to support attempting fatherhood and dads like you and me, they are offering 15% off your purchase with the code BIRDAF. That's B-Y-R-D-A-F for 15% off. So come on, that saves you money. That also helps support our show. So upgrade your daily and get slick. Okay, back to the show. I'm always curious about like where you get your dad inspiration. Like did both of you guys, are your parents still together? You have dads that were like super involved or divorce, dad left. Like what's, what's your kind of background there? My parents are still together. Um, my parents were involved. They, uh, they both worked. And so we definitely had the school, you know, I mean, I remember back from school, but like you come back from, come home from school. I'm the oldest. And so I was kind of in charge until they got home and then, you know, play with my, play catch with my dad in the yard or something. My, my mom's like super artistic. And so it was always maybe doing something with her like that. But, um, and then having family dinner together, um, so yeah, that, that involved in sports and all that stuff. My dad was like our coach and, you know, came to every game like that kind of stuff. So definitely involved parents. Yeah. yeah, I had a similar experience. My parents both are still together. Both worked, which is such a funny, we were talking about this, Evan and I, earlier today of just like how funny it is that like I got home from school and 
my parents didn't call to check on me. Like, because cell phones didn't exist. You don't text yeah. when you get home. Yeah. They just assumed I got home. <laughs> it's a different world now. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. But yeah, no, my, my parents were there. My dad was, my dad definitely like looked forward to, it's probably how I got into theater myself. My dad definitely, I could tell, like looked forward to the talks. Just like all, all of them. Oh, interesting. But otherwise. The talks like sex talk and stuff like that? Yeah, just like any, just any kind of also like heartfelt emotional talk about just anything. But otherwise would pretty much be backed off and let my mom do like um, a lot of the heavy lifting. Like, I'll handle this one. Yeah, he's like, oh God, this I've is a real question. This yeah. yeah, this is an eat your broccoli. I'll handle this. And he would this. start the music on the tape player. That's Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, <sighs> the full house Hold on, music. I got to rewind it. Let <laughs> me start over. <laughs> Was there anything that you guys remember specifically that your dads did that you were like, this was awesome? Really sticks out. <sighs> mine's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then I'll go first. Yeah. <laughs> mine's, not, mine, mine's not funny, but I, I have like, I think I, the way I think about stuff like that, I just feel like moments that, like feeling in moments. And like, um, I, uh, I've, I've played golf since I was like a little kid. And uh, when I got old enough to basically manage a lawnmower, my dad was like, you mow the lawn and I'll take you golfing every weekend. It was kind of the deal, right? So you manage the lawn, you mow the lawn every week. I'll take you golfing every week. And he, my dad's a, my dad's a musician. He, my dad plays the saxophone. He taught himself how to play the flute. He can sing. And, uh, he was a, he's a huge fan of bands like Tower of Power, Chicago, the Beatles, like all this, all this like really fantastic music. And when we would go to play golf, he would just, pump that music in the car and he would sing along to it and he just loved that music you know and i just remember thinking how i felt so cool and grown up to get to to get to go play golf with my dad and, and like and meet his friends you know they're all like 20 years older yeah. than me um and they didn't want to hang around too much after i, I started beating them all and so then it, then it was just me and my golf playing <laughs> me and my dad playing golf but yeah i just that i just i loved those as much as I loved playing golf with my dad and I really did cherish those moments because he taught me how to play golf. I loved to the course and away from the course, just sitting in his truck with him, listening to music with him. I can imagine a pickup truck heading down the road, Blair in Chicago. Yep. <laughs> yeah. A lot of tower, like tower power is big. And, uh, all the, all the tops to the golf clubs are just popping off. <laughs> and, my, yeah, and my dad was, my dad was cool. His, he had a, um, it was like a Chevy, like well, fifteen hundred or whatever, but it was like an extended cab, Ooh. extended bed, Ooh. and it was gold. <laughs> and he had a and he had a and he had a canopy on it that had no windows, so this thing just looked like a brick. And it had like <laughs> a gold it, brick. Yeah, it had yeah. chrome mags on it, oh and uh, yeah, like we would. Uh, oh, I remember. Here's a cool thing my dad did. We played soccer, and and you know one of the things you go to do with your dad, you go to the dump. We're going to the dump. Oh, Let's yeah. go. Have you been to the dump before? Like, no, I don't know where it is here. I don't even. I don't know. Here? There's one here now. No. Yeah, it's. Crazy. I'm from. I'm from. That was such a major part of life too. Growing yeah, up. I I, I'm from Seattle area, and there was definitely the dump. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> my grandmother lived near a dump. We had to walk along train tracks, and we would, drop, we would go. Drop we, it yeah, we'd just go to the dump and just just to like and, uh, just run in there and mess around. <laughs> one of the one of the days we were going to the dump, and the first first thing into the truck was this like short, I guess like love seat couch we were getting rid of. We we're just going to take it to the dump, and we threw it in the back of the truck, and it fit like a glove in the back of the truck. So everything else went in there after that, and that thing stayed. And so when we would go play, when we had soccer games or whatever, or we were bringing our friends home, we'd give them rides from the soccer games, and we're muddy or whatever it was, you ride in the back on the couch. And while, it, the, while the truck's driving. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah, this is yeah, this is back in you know this is back in early nineties where this yeah. and the, but the thing was you couldn't see back there. There's no windows. There's only the rear window which was tinted, so you couldn't really tell anybody was back there. So we would just hang out on the back of this couch <laughs> driving that. around. Would That's you do that wild. now? Like would you? No. Go to your kids are like, hey, let's no, no, no. Put a <laughs> no, 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 not even close. I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe short trips or something like that, but. Yeah. That's, but that's also, I don't know if I would commit to driving that big of a truck, so I don't know how much of a conversation. <laughs> not in LA. <laughs> oh, not in LA. Something my dad did that was really ridiculous was one summer, the, me and a bunch of other kids were out playing flashlight tag. You ever play that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, flashlight tag is you, the best. You hit someone with the beam and hit they them. have to freeze? Yeah, yeah. That... freeze, yeah. Okay. And I think they have to go to jail, and then somebody can go there and free everyone in the jail. Oh. Is how we played it. So, like, the person who's like had the flashlight had to. How just, do you free them? I can't remember. You just had to go. You had to go and ta- tag them. Okay. You'd to, so you'd have to run up to the jail oh. and tag them. But yeah. if you get hit with the beam, just you walk right back. Let's wrap back. this up pretty quick so we can play after. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah in my backyard, you, it, you just stand still. You'll find everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so that one night we were we were getting ready to play, and there's a bunch of kids there, and like the neighborhood, like classic, like a movie, na- the neighborhood bully showed up, and they came up. Uh, behind me so everyone everyone else saw them and, and took off They're all and it was like one of those like, oh yeah you're looking at me yeah, it was definitely right. one of those like <laughs> you're about to really get it because like they're running away and it was like had that stupid like what are we running away from oh no like, he's right behind me isn't he yeah so i turned around and they beat the hell out of me and uh and it was like right next to my house it was the house next door to mine so i like hobbled home went and walked in the door bawling my eyes out and my mom's like, what happened? What happened? What happened? And then my dad just like, just stomps around the corner and he like yells at me. He's like, what happened? And I was like, oh. Um, this is one of his talks he's been waiting for. No, it wasn't. It, it <laughs> certainly wasn't a talk. And he was just like, I was like, oh, the, like immediately I stopped crying. Yeah. Because I was like, <clears throat> uh, yeah. nothing, sir. sir no, everything's nothing fine. It's all good. And I, was I like, handled it. I was like, oh, so and so and his cousins beat me up. And my dad just like, just walked past me, pushed me aside, opened the door as they were walking in front of our house. And then he just yelled at them and he was like, he's like, hi. And they all just like froze because he had that, that dad voice of God power, superpower. And he said, hey. and they all stopped and he said, you beat up my son. And they were like, what? Uh, n- no. And he goes, you want to fight somebody? You're going to fight me. And just like got up in their face and just screamed at them until they were a puddle. And then just like came back in. Like he obviously didn't hit them. And then just like came back in and just like then proceeded <laughs> to go to my, go downstairs to the TV where my brothers were and scream at them for not backing me up. <laughs> That's so good. I'm not done. Who's next? Yeah. Who's next? Just bring them through. Who needs yelling at? Appetizers are done with me. <laughs> That's great though. I mean, I think the Papa Bear moments, you got to have those, right? Yeah. Even for your own clan. Like you yeah. gotta like, they were that's, pretty a, great. that's a major life lesson that your brothers and sisters are in charge of keeping you safe. Yes. Sure. And that had to be learned. And that was the time. Did, yeah. did anything like that happen again? Uh, no. Next day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next day, my brothers beat me up. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I told my dad that story like recently and he was like, oh God, I don't remember that. And my brother was like, you don't remember that? Because we remember it really well. <laughs> that's funny that he doesn't remember that because... I'm sure you remember it like it happened five minutes ago. Oh, yeah, I remember it. Exactly. And, and those are the things I think that's crazy about parenting is that I think about that often. There's moments like that that you, th- you can remember in your childhood like it happened five minutes ago. 
And so there's going to be moments like that that I hope my kids remember in a positive way about us as parents, me and I'm sure my wife as well, like that they will impact them in such a way because I don't think you can control those moments. They're just going to happen. So I think it's about being as present as you can in each moment because some of them are going to stick. Yeah. And hopefully they're the right ones. I mean, my dad definitely controlled that moment. <laughs> you know, That's a controlled moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can't control which 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 up. ones are going. Yeah, yeah, you can't control which ones are going to stay with you as yeah, a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with like Kirsten and I talk a lot about trying to, um, you know, the power of like building a foundation, right? So like, I can't tell Ellis or Loic soon, um, you know, okay, here's the handbook of what to do and not to do in every situation and every conversation, the variables are way too many. If, you know, never lie. Well, what if a bad guy is coming, you know, and like, and it's like, where are you? And you go, Oh, where's your mom? You Mm -hmm. can lie. Well, how do I, I mean, that nuance is like the impossible thing to teach a kid. I mean, even as an adult, I try to have nuance in conversations, like in in (laughs) my emails and stuff too. It's like, you know, so trying to teach a kid that, so like trying to, not teach her what to think, but how to think, right? right? And in those same ways, like, we try to create enough of a, you know our heart, we've shown up and shown you so many times, that when those moments come, that it's not so, like, off-putting or, or yeah. you know, we, we, we know Ellis is going to go to therapy. You know, it's like, yeah. we just know that. <laughs> yeah. That's just going to happen. Yeah. And so, so you start saving now. The reason then, for it, yeah. <laughs> you're not going to college, but we do have enough for therapy, <laughs> which is actually probably another therapy deposit, right? Um, for that reason. <clears throat> and so, you know, we've kind of relegated ourselves to knowing it's going to be something, but hopefully, we show up enough in a positive way that you know our heart behind it. You yeah. know, uh, but it is fascinating the the moments that stick because mm. you think, oh, you, how can you not remember that? That was right. so monumentally burned into my brain. Yes. I've had moments like that with my dad where I've talked about things that like, you know, uh, there, this this was really hurtful when you did this. And he's like, I don't remember doing that, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I knew you still loved me, but that moment was still hurtful, mm-hmm. you know? And the feeling of that is still there, whether you remember it that way or not. Did you see the movie um, Inside Out, mm-hmm. the Pixar movie? Mm-hmm. I loved it's fantastic. That they do that. They basically acknowledge that in that movie. Every time she has a big moment, it like turns in that orb and yeah. burns into there. Yeah. And then it gets set aside as like, these are her like core memories. And I was like, yep. (laughs) And you see the coexistence of happiness and sadness. Yes. And I think I grew up with those as dichotomies. Mm -hmm. And and growing up in the South, it's like, let's keep it as nice and happy as possible. And I had a great childhood, but there were certainly moments that I'm like, how come no one talked about that? That was a big deal for me Mm -hmm. that that happened, getting beat up or, you know, getting embarrassed in front of class or these things that I'm... I'm bringing to the judge and the judge is like, eh, I'm not going to really weigh in on it. And yeah. Like, then how am I supposed to think about it? Right. You know? Yeah. I think what you said, Bradley is important. Like that. Um, I want my children to be able to think for themselves Yeah. and not just look to us to just give them the answer. And so even though my son's only six, I still try as my best to, if he asked me a question rather than answer it, sometimes I'll say, well, what do you think? What do you, what do you think it is? And then, and then of course I'm like, no, that's no, that's wrong. No, yeah. I'm uh, <laughs> what do you think? Yeah. Oh, but yeah. what do you no, think? That's, you that's know, and, totally. and say, okay, that's okay. That's interesting. You know, and try to maybe talk him through to the answer rather than just give him the answer. Yeah. You know, what, what's the, what's the, um, because I said so is like something you can't say anymore, which I think is important because I think it's true. You shouldn't say that. Like, because I said so is like, 
how, how does that teach a kid anything? Right. That's not a learning moment. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. you're taking that away. And those are so few and far between too, because at some point our kids, you know, the, the pendulum swings from us as the expert to their friends yep. or the world or media or magazines. Or My mom whatever. said the teachers. My mom said the oh, day. Yeah. My yeah. mom said she was, she's like, wait until she goes to school. Like, and starts coming home and saying, well, my teacher said, yep. you're going to get mad. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yep. I didn't think about that. She's like, as a parent, you're going to get mad that the teacher now has more respect from your child than you. Yeah. Till high school and then you're back. <laughs> and you're back, yeah. <laughs> Barely. <laughs> I got one more cool dad moment. Yeah. Because right. this one is impactful and I wasn't even there for it. Oh, boy, this is confusing. I was in uh, <laughs> like freshman year of high school. I was in, uh, in my English class and this was like, Old teacher, didn't get it, wasn't about it, wasn't with it, and her old school ways, right? And so I told my parents, like, this lady doesn't like me. I don't know what it is. I really try my best. I don't don't think I get fairly treated. And kind of classic parenting answer is like, okay, well, I'm sure it's something. You know, it's not just coming from... Anyway, parent-teacher conferences come around, and uh, my dad worked in construction for many years, and my hits mom the gold brick. hits the gold brick truck, <laughs> which he probably parked like miles from the construction site. <laughs> and, uh, um, and so he's, he's at work in work boots, overalls, the whole thing. And uh, my mom gets to the parent teacher conference first and they know this is like, this is the lady they're going to go see who I'm like, I, I just don't get it. You know, I'm, I really, and um, freshman year of high school, English, English class. And, uh, and so my dad, is like on his way. He's going to be a little late. He's, he's trying to get, he's trying to, you know, send my mom a page, let her know, you know? Uh, uh, yeah. I'll try. I'm getting there as fast as I can. And cause now my mom is one that tells me this story. Okay. So she's in the class with the teacher. They're patiently waiting for my dad. My dad is like, you know, basically clocks off hustles, traffic gets there, trying to be the present and, you know, a part of it. He gets in the room. He's, you know, in construction gear clearly just came from work yeah has his hat on and he sits down and the first thing she says is well before we begin i'll tell you the same thing that i tell all of my students including your son there are no hats in my classroom and my mom said my dad looked at her and sat himself back in his chair and adjusted his cap and then waited for her to begin and didn't take it off and like right then and there they were like he's right this lady's horrible. <laughs> and amazing. they came up. My mom told me that story. She's like, I can't, you won't believe what your dad did because they, you know, it was like, again, I was trying to tell them, yeah. you know, and like those things, like he, I don't even know if he remembers that, yeah. but to me, and I wasn't even there, but to me, like to know that my parents had my back yeah. in that way is something I won't forget and, and will not forget. I think with whatever my kids are going through. That's that's amazing. I mean, I think, you know, so many, I think guys especially, certainly uh, certainly daughters have, have a need of dad's approval in a certain way as well. But I feel like as a son, there's such a need for dad's approval, and it drives people to start businesses. It drives people yeah. to uh, prove themselves through money, through net worth, through grades, through whatever. And it's a highly motivating factor for, for many guys. I remember in New York, I mean, it was like almost cliche, like all these guys in finance were like chasing their dad, just love me tale. Yeah. And they couldn't, <laughs> and they never got it. And, and there was no ever like, that's enough. And I, you know, my dad, 
his father, um, when I was one, I was a little bit younger than one, actually, I think, my dad's dad um, uh, climbed up in a tree in the front yard to cut down some branches, fell out of the tree, died in front of the house. But because of that moment and because of the we don't know what tomorrow holds kind of thing, he's always been very good about saying, like, I love you, I'm proud of you, I approve of you. That's something that is that I take from what my dad's done that's been really powerful and try to bring that into our family, you know, and, and that's one of those things. You can't predict those types of things. And so that sent him down a path of I'm going to make sure that my kids always know that, I, you know, I'm approved. And it's funny, I saw a cartoon one time of like happy parents and a kid was like, great, well, there goes my uh, degree in, in arts. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of like yeah. you have to be this like <laughs> yeah. this tortured soul yeah. to create good music and, and yeah. theater. And it was like, great, well, I guess I'll go into accounting. There goes my <laughs> you know, arts degree. I think that's what it is too. Like my, my parents, they say like, I don't, doesn't, don't care what you do. Yeah. Make sure you do something that makes you happy. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. Find something that you want to do that makes you happy because otherwise you're not going to be happy. It's a simple message, but I mean, it's important. But I think that's that's pretty proactive on your parents' part to to be that clear to you about just go for whatever makes you happy. It's funny though; like I don't even think about that until I have kids. Like I never thought about that that much until I have kids, and then it's like all that stuff. Almost it's like a wave of information comes back. Like whoa, this is these feelings that they gave or information they gave you don't it didn't feel it until now. Well, a lot of that's like because they're like I don't care what you do as long as you're happy. You're like I know what. I'm going to. What, why was? What's the other option? Be unhappy. I don't yeah. care what you do as long as you're unhappy. Do we need yeah. to have this conversation? Yeah. Why is that the conversation? Stop yeah. looking at me like that. You're so weird. That's a great point. <laughs> Were your parents really supportive? Like, go for it. Go move to L.A. Be be an actor. Yeah, but they were definitely and probably still are um, terrified for me specifically. My brother as well. So my brother went to. My brother went to Salem State and got a degree for theater and was pretty pretty successful at it too. He did like this like basically nationwide competition of actors and he won like the whole thing and it was like a big thing. He got to go to like he did a a play with uh what's her name from Handmaid's Tale? Um Oh yeah, she was in Mad Men. Yeah. Yeah. Elizabeth Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Mm. Uh, he did like a, a a play with her for a while, and then like he did something with Lin Manuel Miranda, and then he had like dinner with Robert Redford. Like it was like a whole Whoa. thing. And then so he's like, "I'm moving to New York to to go for it." Now that I'm done college, and I was like, "All right, I'll come with you." And my parents were like, "Hold on, wait, what?" <laughs> to you? Yeah, so they kind of doubted you a little. I think bit? they definitely doubted, yeah. and probably still do. Um, because my brother had put in the hours, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he had prepared for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like working in a hospital as a phlebotomist. So oh, what? What is that? Uh, draws blood, works in the lab. Okay. All that stuff. So um, when you, let me ask you a question. I don't even know. When you went, did you, were you like, yeah, I'm going to go with you and I'm going to do it too? Or were you just like, oh, I want to go live in New York? No, I wanted to go to be an actor. Okay. I was still doing like some theater here and there. And I was doing some improv before I moved and a little bit of stand up. Um, but I was kind of all over the map and yeah, like New York was wild. Cause I didn't get, I got a lot done, but didn't get a lot done because I was just like kind of finding what I wanted to do. So yeah. I did stand up for a while. I did improv for a yeah. while. I did Shakespeare for a hot yeah. second, which was a lot of fun. Something that would never happen in LA, like, <laughs> but totally makes sense in New York. Yeah. Yes. It was a very, <laughs> like out here it's like, well, and I like waited tables and like I did improv and 
you know, took some guitar lessons. And, <laughs> and talk, you know. But in New York, it's like, yeah, I was just kind of messing around with some Shakespeare. Yeah. And, you know, some uh, modern dance. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I think my parents definitely had like a, he's he just, is this a hobby to him? You know, like, I don't yeah. think they knew how serious I was about it. So they were definitely hesitant for me. And I think constantly were always asking like, please give what, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> but you can read that so clearly too, right? Oh yeah, it's just dripping with like fear. Gonna, yeah, this that's fear that they you think have. It's their fear that their kid will not be able to provide for themselves. Yeah, I think it's a fear that I'm going to turn. You know, I mean, now I've got kids and I've got some commercials under my belt and, yeah. and things like that. It's di- it's definitely a little different. But I think for a long time they were just like, he's going to be like 40 and like nothing's going on. <laughs> Do you worry that? Like, like, can you understand that mindset? I don't mean just you. I mean, like, the, the concept of, like, worrying about your kids. Like, I want them to be successful or, like, I want them to be happy or, like, go for your dreams. Go for it. Or is it like, oh, but that might not be a good thing, you know? I definitely want them to go for it, um, whatever they want, uh, because just the – excuse me – just the idea of, like – working for the weekend and hating my job like that, like, and in that idea that like, yeah, you just got to do a job that's miserable and yeah. so you can get to the weekend and enjoy a vacation once in a while. Finally be happy for like Finally be 36 happy. hours. Yeah. It's like <laughs> gross. <laughs> I know. Like I know a lot of people don't do that. And a lot of people that have nine to fives don't do that, but like it's a cliche. And I was like, no, I'd rather you just like, fi- like find a way to be happy. Like there's yeah. so many people. And that was a big thing about living in New York was we had a lot of people that were like, it took me a while to get there to see them. And I had my parents mentality of like, but they're like, you know, they're like almost 50 and they live in an apartment. I don't know if they have a savings because they're waiting tables with me. It took me a long time to be like, they're happy. Yeah. Leave them alone. Wow. Like this idea that you need like a retirement and a home and this many kids and this job is such BS. And it's, it's not how the world is built. <laughs> it's yeah. not how people are. People do what they want and let them be happy. I want to get into specifics about like, and I know we've talked about it a little bit, but like what from your, from your dad's, are you, are you actively putting in like, my dad did this thing and it was great, like edifying or, you know, making sure that, you know, siblings had my back or whatever that mm. you've kind of actively put in. And is, are there things that you've actively decided, maybe you and your wife have had a conversation and you're like, this is not something, that's how we did it. Well, that's not how we're going to do it, you know, kind of thing. Mm. I I would if my my dad definitely uh is a funny guy and so just finding the humor in things is I know I got a lot from him um and definitely have like comedic inspirations and things throughout my life but my dad just finding a way to make something funny to relieve a little bit of stress or something is something I definitely take from him and I know I am because when my son is like really struggling with something or whatever I'll talk it through with him but I'll still find a way to get the message there let's calm ourselves down let's take a deep breath or whatever is really stressing him out maybe have a conversation about it but then find a way to get out of it with a little joke to remind him that like but it is okay but but as, as crazy as this feels right now it's still okay. You know, it's, it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to feel stressed out about this or whatever. Like for him, it's, he's in, he's in kindergarten. So it's a spelling, but, but that's still a thing. It's still something that stressed him out so much. And we'd practice it all week long. And then about five minutes before they would do the little kindergarten spelling test, he's like freaking out about it. And, uh, so that's definitely something I'll take with me. Um, it's hard to answer the question. Cause I don't, there's not like one thing that I'm like, well, we're definitely not doing that. Yeah. 
But I also think it's a like, lot of things. It's hard to pick <laughs> one here. Let me just pick one out of the book here. Um, but I will say that because yeah, there's definitely not like a thing. I will definitely. I will say though, it's it's just that it, being a parent from when I was a kid to what it is now is so incredibly different that I don't think there's anything or one thing that my dad or parents did that I think like, well, that cannot happen now because it's not something that they did. It's like how parenting was then, which I now have a better perspective of just being a parent now and then having gone through that era. Whereas now it's like, there's so much more information available because it's, you know, there's, there's, you can, I mean, other parents, you know, there's books and internet and TikTok accounts, and you can just gather information from everywhere. And so whether or not my parents did this or didn't do this, that's another thing that I think I will take with me is that just being okay to find information to utilize being a parent now and knowing which things I agree with or don't agree with. Um, And that also, like we talked about this before, there's, there's not like one way to go about it. You can't ask for somebody's advice and they say, well, this is what you should be doing. But it's like, that's what worked for you. And that a version of that, or that might work for me, but if it doesn't, that doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. So that's, I think the knowing what to um, implement into parenting life now, as I think what I'll take with me the most is like being able to adjust and, and what I agree with or don't agree with and, and, and bring that into parenting now. Is there anything like you were talking about kind of culturally that you're like, I can't believe that was something that we did. That's not so much like on your parents per se, but just like the culture of parenting in the whatever, I guess, eighties. Yeah. Like for example, like being in the back of a car, <laughs> I guess I already answered that question. I was like, I would not do that now. Would not let my kids be. In a <sighs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's, seat. but again, it's so different. I mean, yeah, no, the cars were still the same. Yeah. <laughs> they really haven't changed. Yeah, no, trust me. Still could go just just fast. Just yeah, then I'll go. say uh that and uh yeah, after like, I would say communication for instance. Like my parents we just didn't talk about stuff. And I don't know if they were afraid to talk about it. I think ultimately they didn't have the tools mm-hmm. how to talk about it. I think they were also in a culture of there wasn't a whole lot of uh value put on that there wasn't a focus on that so there wasn't and they were just doing the best they could you know kind of thing so i don't fault them for that but that's certainly something that we do very proactively that was not a part of my growth growing up that is a good point it wasn't like open conversation all the time it was sometimes you felt like i I don't know the answer to this and maybe i might ask my mom and dad but it wasn't like just open conversation all the time all the time we did have conversations about stuff yeah um the only other thing I could think of would maybe be like, after you're eight years old, you can't put ketchup on a hot dog. That's a hard and fast rule. Wait, what? Not allowed to do that. That's a thing. I don't think he agrees, but you're, well, not, you're not supposed to put ketchup on a hot it's dog. I heaven. know that. And then, because it ruins the flavor of the hot dog. Yeah. And then just finish saying, just do what makes you happy. <laughs> but, Unless but, that uh, thing that makes you, well, it shouldn't make you happy. That's the guilt part of the, the shame guess. part of that. Yeah. That's the thing I learned in the last couple of years. I thought it was the funniest thing. It's definitely a thing. Like if you look up like, should you put ketchup and it's like on a hot dog and then the internet's like, never. <laughs> it's hilarious. You could, I mean, it's like pages and pages and pages. Of, like, you should never do that. Ketchup on the side and dip the no, hot dog. No, it just doesn't go with a hot dog. It doesn't go with a hot dog. Yeah, it doesn't go yeah. with a hot dog. I did have an audition recently for a hot dog company and I improvised that. <laughs> did you really? <laughs> that you don't put a ketchup on a hot dog. That's good. Hire this man. Yeah. He knows. He knows the rules. Clearly he's in. Don't get him on set. He'll he's, ruin yeah. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I'd say for me, there's something I would take along. There's a couple things. It would what there would be family vacations were really important to my dad. So my dad's father died when he was 12. Oh. Um, he was in the Navy and talk about things that your we dad just, was in the Navy. Or my, dad's my, dad? my dad's dad was okay. in the Navy and talk about things that just like, God, we were so stupid. We still are just different, stupid now, but like he was testing nukes and what they would do is like, they'd set off a nuke and then my grandfather and his shipmates would all just drive towards it and see what it did. <laughs> They all died of cancer. Of course. <laughs> like every single one. What? So, uh, so yeah, he died when my dad was 12. So my dad like grew up, wow. you know, with pretty much like his teenagers. He's like really important years without a dad. So family has been really, really important to him. And his two big things that he loved to do are, uh, was vacations were big. And I love to do that. Like, well, even it's just going camping for the weekend or like, Pre-COVID, we got in a great trip. Like my son was only five months old, my daughter was three, and we went on a huge road trip to like the Grand Canyon, and then uh, on our way back to Vegas because I have a niece out there, and we went to Salt Lake City, and it was like that's a big thing for me. It's like vacations. We always took one every, at least one every year, and it was like a big to do, and it was a family a family thing. Like family come together, we're all going to do this. And then the other thing that kind of piggybacks off that is my dad was like one of the first people to own it seems silly uh a video camera really yeah it was like one of the first like how did that come to be us. that's amazing he just like he was way saw the them and saw and he was like so i can wait just document everything my family's doing yes so he, we have like videos of us as like me as like a baby wow and like film of it and it's really cool to watch now it's and a big vhs news camera a thing. Big VHS we had one of those camera. too my grandparents like gave it to our our two families like the and we so we had when we were kids too oh, we have what a cool tons thing. of vhs tapes of yeah so my dad kids. my dad did videography for a short while and um he had transferred all of those to dvds and like gave them out to the whole family so we have like I have all our family videos on dvds Amazing. now how funny is that now because it's so precious those moments that are really f- few and far between even if you had a video camera whereas now it's like you have gigs and gigs and gigs of stuff you'll probably never look at again on your phone but it's still all of your family well that's why i try to i try to remind myself i mean i never i'm not an animal so i don't make any videos vertical um (laughs) (laughs) on sifra on tiktok sifra on tiktok Um, i was gonna say uh, isn't your entire no i hit i film it horizontal and punch in Duly That's dedication. Uh-huh. 4K, hey, 4K so I can punch in. But you got to be really far away. Yeah, my phone is constantly telling me I'm Otherwise, out of data. Just, here's here's yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I make sure like when we're having a moment to, with like our kids and stuff to be like, take out your phone and like just film this a little bit. Like just take it out and like get a good little video and yeah. not like just a get a good two minutes, like, which is something we don't do a lot. Mm. You, most of the videos we take are 10 seconds yeah. long, 30 yeah. tops. And I'll just take a long video. Cause I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this Yeah, two minute video 10 years from now. I like that. That's great advice. Yeah. I like that idea. I try to do the same thing, at least with a photo, at least, at least a with two, a minute photo. Photo. A two minute photo, two minute photo, <laughs> the time lapse, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just takes a ton of time lapses. <laughs> the, the moments just pass you by and then they're gone. And you have every ability to capture it now. Yeah. Like my son just says like little silly things and it's going to be gone one day. Like his big thing right now is like, if you accuse him of being anything, I feel like, are you a cop? And he's like, I'm not a cop. I'm just Julian. And like, that's what he says. I don't know why, <laughs> where that came from. Why it's, I'm just a Julian. So 
<laughs> I one day took out my phone and just asked him like 10 questions until and he just said it every time. I was like, I want to be able to watch this and be like, oh my God, I forgot he did this. Like yeah. I want to have those moments and not have those moments on the couch going, oh, remember when he did this thing? Like, have it. What was it? Actually, that's funny. We got one of those books where you can like write, write down the things that they say, whatever, yeah. but you don't really have to do that. You just take a little video of it and you, yeah. can, and you can see it and hear it and everything. Yeah. I've never been good with those books. Like baby's no, first words. our baby books steps, are trash. What yeah. about something that maybe, you know, growing up you were like, I'm never doing that. Or, you know, even as a parent, you look back on it and you're like, well, he's not testing really nukes. Good. I can tell you that. <laughs> not testing nukes, not driving towards that. Um, he wouldn't. You wouldn't add the tape recorder moment uh, and play the music, or you would do that. No, because he would have those. But also, there was definitely an assumption of like, just like figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> but I also thought he was like super jazzed on having tough conversations. He was super jazzed on it, but then also at the same time, if you, it, it was like it would be back and forth. Like he would be excited to tell that, but I also grew up in an Irish Catholic family where I was like, big problems. Happy to have those conversations with. I think like any like kind of mental yeah. <laughs> unwell issues. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you just, well, you need to get over it. Okay. Yeah. The world is hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah like you, the world's be, tough. It's the world's tough. You'd like, the sooner you learn that, the better. Yeah, exactly. So. What's funny is like, maybe that's because when he knew the answer to something, he's like, let's sit down and have a chat. But if he had no idea what the answer was, he's like, just figure it out. Yeah. The world's tough. <laughs> I think that's a good comeback. Yeah. Instead of just because that's the more informed. I don't know. Figure it out. Yeah. I think, I think emotional, Emotional stuff was definitely like, I remember I, I went to a therapist for a very short period of time in high school and I was on your own volition. Like this is, or your parents were like, we should kind of get this looked at. I don't remember. Okay. It might've been a little bit of both. And then I think the second I showed science, I think I only went like twice. And then I think I said to my parents, like, I don't like this. And they're like, great, me neither. And like, just shut it down <laughs> instead of being like, yeah, you're probably uncomfortable because you're digging up some stuff. Yeah. They were just like, oh, thank God. Let's just bury it like the Irish Catholics we are and yeah. let's move along. Yeah. <laughs> so I was in acting class, right? I was at Playhouse West. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, first moved out here. I was a PR major and journalism major. And um, so when I started taking these acting classes, you know, and it's all Meisner and, you know, all of a sudden these emotions are like coming up in a moment. And I didn't really understand why, like why, why? you know, and as an actor, you're supposed to really know the like the pinch that the reasoning behind like, <laughs> you know, this, this script really gets me or this movie or this song, whatever. So found a therapist. He was awesome. Went for almost three years. And it was like, you know, there were definitely sessions that I was like, I'm wasting my time. You know, he, he got me a great rate was like, you know, I think, I think this will be good for you. And, but I was like, why? You know, I just, I don't know. But there were other times I was like, this is super phenomenal. And it was yeah. really impactful. And it was such a major part. And, but I remember when I had been in LA for like six months, came back home to my parents in Knoxville. And I was just like, oh yeah, by the way, I, I found this therapist. And they were like, yeah. like, what? And they were instantly like, what did we do? That yeah. was their... <laughs> Well, we haven't clearly gotten, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's coming in session nineteen. Yeah. I think. What what could you possibly? And their view of therapy is like absolute crisis management mm-hmm. instead of the power of like being healthy along. It's like a crash diet. Yes. Instead of like let's just eat healthy along the way. Yeah. yeah. It's I got to lose fifty pounds in one week. Right. Whoa, oh, therapy must be a terrible thing. Yes. What happened? How did you yeah. get there? So I think, you know, that's just a cultural shift as well. I think mm-hmm. people are talking about mental health. They're talking about, but it was also just really interesting that 
kind of along the same lines is that like, we don't like it either. Yeah. You know, is this like, oh, oh, good. Everything can go back to how it was. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. Okay. But would love to hear if you guys could encourage dads, something you would say to kind of bring some encouragement to them. I think uh, when we talked about this, we, we both agree with this. We've talked about this before, but I think... He's really saying that to throw you under the bus. Yeah. Um, and when, <laughs> Kevin, if you guys don't like this, Kevin was really told me to say this, but... Um, I don't, don't co-sign this. I think something that wasn't discussed as much because because uh mental health is such a uh, a big thing now to to for everyone to talk about and all these things the power of apology for a parent to be prepared to apologize to their kid if they screwed up in some way yeah. uh is is be prepared for that and be prepared to humble yourself mm. to to do that as a parent and as a person i think is is so impactful not just for the kid but your child or children, but I think for the parent as well, because if, if you believe in leading by example, then telling your kid to apologize for something over and over is about as impactful as because I said so. But if you show them the power of, of apology, because you admit that you made a mistake and are willing to then share that with them, that's, way more impactful i believe than you should you need to say you're sorry or for something like that i love that i think that's great great dead vice yeah that was my idea i told him that <laughs> how'd i do uh you wrote it down you missed a couple i saw i actually saw that on a shirt on the way in it was yeah. just hanging <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had very small font yes <laughs> there's a lot um yeah i'd say my big thing would be um remembering that you're Remembering that your child is a person and that person is not you. So your expectations of what they might like, what you want them to do, they might not enjoy. And the reason why is because they're their own person. And you have to remember that when things aren't working out, not just like, Oh, he doesn't play baseball, but I played baseball. It's like all of the things, just every little thing along the way, kids can be so stressful and you want them to be obedient robots sometimes. And I think it's important to remember that they are, there are already people. They already have likes and dislikes. You're teaching them things, but they already, they already have made decisions in their brains. And that's a, a good thing to remember. It makes things easier when you do and realize that. Fellas, both of those, just amazing. I love that. <laughs> I'm just going to have to move that to the front. I don't know. No, if I move it to the front of the episode, no one's listening to anything else. So it's just too good. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to keep it at the end. I put the best joke it. in the front. <laughs> You're leading with the best? Yeah. No, no, no. Even Jesus waited for all the bad yeah. wine. And then he turned the water. Into yeah. Wine. He didn't lead with the best That's wine. Right? Yeah, watch this party trick. You're not going to yeah. believe this. Yeah, Let me see your this, cup of water over there. Watch this move. <laughs> no, I really need to hydrate. Can you please stop doing it? Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, Jesus, I can't. I, I just need a glass of I water. Have, I have a problem with alcohol. I have kidney stones. It's bad. <laughs> the sulfates. Yeah. The sulfates are a real problem for me. <clears throat> Gets my kidneys flaring up. Well, dudes, thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. It's yeah. a pleasure. It was a great yeah, conversation. This is great. This is literally uh, the first in-person podcast I've ever done. So this is really great. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm technically wow. unprepared. My voice sounds like shit. <laughs> and, and, it, and we're making it work. It's great. We're making I'm excited it. for it. So thank you guys very much. Thank you. High fives because I can. Boom. High fives. Cool. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to Attempting Fatherhood. My whole hope with this is that we build a community that encourages dads and that brings new information to the table and, and gets you excited about 
living your life, doing what you're not easy to do. It just it does take a little bit of time, but please just go in on Spotify, on Apple, just rate us, give us some stars, hopefully five, and make sure you share this. That's equally important. It's a great build community to share this information with other dads. Uh, you know, start a text that helps us, that helps you. We grow this community and all that. So thanks again for listening. Make sure you're, because we're going to have some of the quotes and some other material there as well. Again, thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.